You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Are you ready to take that journey into mystery? Because this is the end game that we are now entering. As one Tony Stark says? No. Doctor Strange? Which one says? It's it's, it's Tony, strange, right? It's strange. It's strange. We're in the end game now. That's yeah. right. Yeah. He, he says it when the, uh, the time stone goes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Sorry, yeah. I'm not here yet. In <laughs> <laughs> that disembodied head that you just heard. <laughs> We're we're welcoming Case again, Ian. He is joining us once again after Infinity War to talk about the end game. Hey, Case. Hey, guys. Yeah, Hi. Thank case. you for having me back. It would be really hard to just, just do one and not the other. It's true. Yeah. Like, and I would like to point out while we have you like here in person, but not in person, I didn't forget that you were coming today. Oh, you know, I got a lot of things on my mind all the time, okay? I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have tweeted anything about it if you didn't say that case will let us know. <laughs> nah, you're good. Mitch is a busy man. He's a busy guy. It's all good. I just like to, to poke fun where I can, but I'm really happy that you're here. It was a fun conversation last time, and I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I'm really excited. So... What was your biggest, both of you, what was your biggest, like, concern going into Endgame the first time you watched it? Ian. It's the biggest concern? Yeah. Like, you just, what, uh, just a year earlier, you watched all, half of the Avengers dust away. Um, the, the One of your best hopes was... Uh, maybe Scott Lang with the, the Pims and they dusted away right before this, you know, right before this movie. And then maybe Captain Marvel shows up to save people. You just got done watching a, a movie with, well, actually you didn't cause you didn't go see it in the theaters. I didn't see Captain Marvel until much, much later. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was, I was excited about it. I was more just like, I think nervous is the wrong word. Anxious? I was more anxious about it where it's like there's a lot that can go wrong here. <laughs> like they've been building up to this for the better part of a decade. <laughs> and there's a lot that could just not pan out for them. And I really didn't want that because like how shitty would that be if you're somebody who's been working on this whole damn project and we get to the very end and it just like peters out. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't find itself on screen like you had hoped and you have your, like, you, you have whoever it is that's releasing your movie breathing down your neck, your whatever company you work for, be like, no, we need this out. Let's go. And you're like, but it's not good. Uh, and then just the whole thing. But is was brutal. that your real fear, though? Because, like, I mean, or, or is this just you thinking back in terms that of the way that we've all been hurt by something that came out a week later, which was, uh, well, it was the... Uh, <laughs> 
uh, we were in the season of the Game of Thrones uh, finale. <laughs> and, uh, we were just starting to realize, like, ooh, this isn't going the way I wanted it to go. Yeah, um, I think that's a fair statement. Because <laughs> at this point, when this... Like, I mean, I was following this movie a lot. So, like, uh, I had some spoilers in terms of structure of the movie before I actually walked into the theater. Really? Uh, yeah, I had heard about the the time gap. So, like, I, it, I guess my question is, like, where in the process were you getting nervous versus, like, actually walking, well, uh, watching it the first time? I think I was nervous about it from... Because we knew we we had the release date of Endgame from when Infinity War happened, right? It was or it was really close after. So pretty much when we got that the release date for Endgame, I was like, oh well, that's really soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I like the the initial fear was I hope they didn't rush through it just to get it out. Like I like I hope that this was one of those things that they worked on either simultaneously or they shot it all as one project. And then cut it up, but that's that's what had me nervous was that it was going to be like, oh, we have to get it out. It's going to be crap, but we have to get it out. Well, they, they they were filming simultaneously the two the two movies, so that that was a big help. Like, obviously, uh, they did a lot of more shooting in between, but yeah. from what I understand, like most of it was in the can by the time the new year started. 2019, okay. right? Did, did you do you remember differently, Case? Uh, that that pretty much matches up with my recollection. I mean, honestly, um, at, at this point, like before we started recording, we were talking about Lord of the Rings movies. Like back, like back to back, year over year movies don't scare me as much as like two year movies because like year over year means they probably were working on it like either simultaneously or like continuous or continuously. Uh, versus like a two year gap might be like, oh, the movie came out. Oh, that was really successful. Let's rush something into theaters. No, that's that's exactly yeah. true. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, like, f- like for me with the I-, I was more nervous before they actually like split them up as like two concepts. Like when it was part one and part two Infinity War, I think that's when I was like a little more concerned. True. Yes. Yeah. And I. I'm glad they didn't go with like Infinity War Part One, Part Two, because Infinity War itself has an end. There's there's a, a a sense of closure to that story, not the closure you want, but there's a sense of closure to that story. So I'm glad that Endgame got its own treatment as its own standalone thing. You can sit down and watch Endgame and have little knowledge of the rest of the MCU. Like you can you can catch cases like. Like streamlined MCU watching and sit down and have a good time with Endgame without knowing intricacies, right? Like it's self-contained enough to be like, all right, we had the start, we had a middle, we had an end. That's a story. I think so. I think that's why the streamlined works because I think Marvel, despite the reputation of being it's so dense, does a pretty good job of getting the necessary information across in each in each of its movies. Yeah. So one of the things that I was super hoping, I guess, going into it was that, and I know this was probably a, a, I knew that this was a stretch, but by the time we got to the beginning of 2019, uh, I believe that they had already made the Fox Disney deal. If 
Does, does that sound right to everybody? We were getting close to it if it hadn't already been done. I think it had because I for a while was convinced that the teaser or like the post credits for Endgame was going to set up the Fantastic Four. That scene, that's what I was going to get at. Like, like I knew that they couldn't shoot anything. They couldn't make any decisions about it before the deal was done. But once the deal was done, like even though the movie was technically in the can, there was no reason why with three months till the movie came out, they couldn't go and just shoot a little post-credit scene of something and you would see an x-men or uh you know you wouldn't even have to have an actor just like a claw popping kind of thing or i mean of course i don't really want wolverine but like yes a fantastic four thing a fantastic car anything to show up and just be the the teaser of either x-men or 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 fantastic four yeah like the shawarma scene from the first avengers like that was shot so much later that chris evans had a beard that he had to cover yeah, I, I almost thought I heard that that was shot after the premiere. Like, they wouldn't... It was something like that. It was, like, either just not available for the, like, like the critics' viewings of it, uh, or it was, like, you know, just... It, or literally was after the premiere, so I'm not entirely sure, but it was obviously for opening night for the public. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, it was there, the opening night for the public. Just, yeah, I just remember that it wasn't at the big premiere where, you know, you have all the stars and stuff, so... Uh, um, Pep in chat here. So the peppermint gentleman himself ooh. said, well, I love this movie. This didn't bring the hits for me like Infinity War did. Important and good film, but the lesser of the two finale films for me. This, he's saying this was the lesser? Yes. He, he strongly prefers Infinity War to Endgame. Well, that's just because he's a downer kind of person. Like he liked the fact that everybody di- that half the people died, and that's just Pep. It's un- I, mean, I mean, it's obviously the opposite of his name, right? <laughs> Strong words. I mean, I can get it in that like Infinity War, and we were kind of talking about this last time. Like Infinity War is the movie that we expected to get. Like mm-hmm. the moment when Thor shows up in Wakanda. It's like, here is this, like, great moment of triumph, the battle that we thought was turning. Like, they're all coming together now. Fucking Root is meeting Steve Rogers. Like, this is the same effective thing as Hulk showing up uh, in the first Avengers movie, where it's, like, that real turning point, and then we're just going to get the falling action now that the climax has occurred, which is the the unification of our heroes. Um, And we're going to get that, and it's going to be great. But if you know fucking Thanos and you know that story, you know know how it's going to go at the very end. And it's it's a subversion on that first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't just do the first Avengers movie but bigger for this one, um, which is a thing that I thought going into it they were going to do. Um, and instead they, they have to structure the film as a way of doing something new that is like celebratory. It's more of a victory lap. Like the last movie was the, the, the huge Thor story that we talked about. It was mm-hmm. the meeting of all these characters for the first time. Like that was the crazy part. Like, once Rocket knows everyone, it's less amazing to fun- to see Rocket meet a person. Like who, like how little did you care aside from like it was being funny? Like when Rocket met Tony. Like at this point, Rocket's met so many people that like we're not plussed by his reaction. And, and you know that's it's exactly true. Is like if you take out the first two hours of this this one movie of in game, you just have the last hour, the last uh, of the movie. You could tack that on to the end of Infinity War. And that's that's one movie like that that makes sense. So the the first two hours is that um, uh, victory lap that you're talking about, Case, which mm-hmm. it makes me enjoy this movie so much. Like I was not expecting it. I one I was not expecting that five year gap. Um, and when that happened, it it I I'm. 
pretty sure I had an audible like whoa like in the theater. So it it, it surprised me. And then when you see where everybody is, and then have to uh, come to grips with the what did it like? You know, Captain America is like I saw dolphins in the was it Hudson? Yeah, I saw whales. Or whales, I thought. Oh, was it whales? Okay. Yeah. So it it's just like. It's it's a the 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 movies that we get, and I definitely think of it as different movies inside of Endgame because it's it's three different movies, like brought me so much joy. And then of course, the scene, the scene, <laughs> you know, Cap picking up Mjolnir and oh, and yeah. wailing on Thanos, like it makes everything for the whole MCU franchise. Like I love the movie. I love all the movies, but like that just, okay, all the movies except for Iron Man 2, but I love all the movies <laughs> and that one, that scene just makes it all. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it's amazing to think that we got so far with, before they finally said the words Avengers assemble. It's true. And like, what a way to do it. Uh-huh. Like, so that whole ending scene has I think two of my favorite MCU moment or three of my favorite MCU moments. Um, the first being when Cap gets Mjolnir, and it's not even when he gets it; it's Thor's reaction of like, "Ha! I knew it." <laughs> like, <laughs> because it seems so different than what we saw in, in Age of Ultron, right? You think that he's afraid that Cap is going to be able to be worthy and pick it up, but he's happy, he which is great. At, at that point in, in Ultron, he probably was worried that Cap was going to be worthy. Because, like, if Cap's worthy, does that mean Thor's not worthy? And that's very much so where Thor's head yeah. would have been. At yeah, that Thor point. has gone through quite a journey since <laughs> since Age of Ultron. Like, yeah. his pride is has been destroyed and, like, rebuilt. And he has, like, with that rebuild, it's a completely different kind of pride now. He has pride in his relationships and like more meaningful things other than just being like, I'm gorgeous and a God like (laughs) the the character development of Thor from Thor one to now is fantastic. So let me ask you this. Now we're, we're talking about, I know that you had two more things you're going to get on your, off of your list there, Ian, but I'm good to get back to those. Whenever the idea of Mjolnir, like we saw in the first Thor movie, it's just his hammer. It has no connection to his powers, but then uh, uh, Odin ties his powers to it, right? Mm-hmm. But in Ragnarok, he ha- he comes to the conclusion: What are you, the god of hammers? No, you're the god of lightning. Like, let me just be that. So, is the hammer itself just the placebo? That's the tough question because even Cap calls thunder in this fight. Okay. so But he so, doesn't have all the powers. Of th- he doesn't seem like he has all the power. Or does he just not know how to use the power? He from Thanos who also beat up the Hulk. I, like, he's definitely enhanced in some ways there. <laughs> yeah, like, wielding Mjolnir, he's like, I'm Captain America Plus. Okay. <laughs> like, he may not be like, like the perfect amalgamation of Captain America and Thor, but like... I mean, and he's wielding it like a champion through there. He's throwing it and bringing it back. He's doing the, like, 
like the longer hops with the spins that Thor does. Like, well, I mean, he, watch, he's, he's watched he, Thor, he's yeah. Doing the shockwave that they established in the first Avengers, that when Mjolnir hits the, like, hits the shield, yeah, by himself, throws the shield, then throws the hammer to create the shockwave behind uh, Thanos. To yeah. then do, it's so, the choreography is so fucking good. <laughs> Again, we've said it for all the big choreo, like all the big fight scene movies. How do you plan that? How do you how do you make that choreography? Like you have to extrapolate on things where it's like okay, so he could do this, this, and this. How uh, I, I have a prediction actually. How they okay? I guess more of a theory. Um, okay. They they lit a bunch of candles, took a bunch of drugs, and then stanced <laughs> Jack Kirby. I, I like that. I'm here for that. That's that's a good that's a good a good way for that. Yeah, but because like, like there were go- like borderline splash pages. Oh yeah, uh, like where we're we're getting some of those. I mean, do some you of those bring, hits? It's amazing. Do you bring in some of the classic uh, Marvel comic artists to to like consult on stuff like that, or do you just trust with don't. the people that are making your movie? They might have like movies have done that in the past. Like uh, like Steve Scrose used uh, did like the storyboards for like the Matrix and, I mean, obviously with like anime they basically use a lot of the like the manga as as, as straight storyboards. Up storyboards like, yeah, I mean it like it's already a storyboard if you look at it. <laughs> right exactly. So like I'm wonder, I I don't know for these Marvel movies but like it wouldn't be weird. I mean like we know that they had a writers room. Um, when they were doing the, the first Iron Man, like where they brought in like Bendis and like Mark Millar and like other like Marvel guys to like sound out the ideas. Like they didn't do the screenplay, but they at least were like talking out like what are the kinds of things that are like true to the comics. Mm-hmm. And this whole way through, I think the only the only MCU movie that hasn't felt like it could be a comic was probably Thor the Dark World to me. You don't think that and one that, could have been a comic? And that might just be because I didn't like it, so I wouldn't have read that comic, <laughs> so I wouldn't acknowledge its existence. But like that's the only one that hasn't felt like there's been some sort of source material used somewhere in the making of it, I think I should say. Okay. As opposed to my my first statement. Um they've all been they've all felt authentic to the characters. For the most part, I'll add that little asterisk on there because, yeah, um, Pep just said Thor the Dark. Thor the Dark World plays like a DC book. I mean, that's fair. It's it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, some stuff to get caught up on chat with here, really quick. I don't want to throw anybody off any trains of thought, but sure. Infinity War is to Endgame as the twenty-eight days later is to twenty-eight weeks later. 28 That's, days later is good film. 28 weeks later is good scenes. I, I, I don't agree. I don't know if that's a fair... Yeah, I don't theory. agree. I, I, I get what they mean. Yeah. But I, I also think that puts too much stock on Infinity War, which is not a perfect movie. Like, neither of these are, are perfect. They're just, like, so impressive. Um, but, I don't know. <laughs> like, again, like... Infinity War had issues with uh, spending a lot of time with Thanos to establish him as a villain and then try to make him a sympathetic villain, but with a logic that doesn't really work uh, in terms of like how he would use the Infinity Stones. Um, so, because they're not even left as corpses to be like biological matter for, right. for things. Like, it's they're not just, even like, 
Well, yeah, like, just, they're just gone. He's like, like removing half the universe's matter. Yeah, I mean, like like I said in the in the d- during our live watch, like the director said that uh, he even snaps away half of or like plant life. So then and and livestock. So that's like you're getting rid of the resources that you said you wanted to protect or to spread around. Yeah, it's it's definitely a very like weird definition of what life is because like where is it like are we talking about all the bacteria are we talking about all the plants and thus like are the carbon atoms disappearing from the dead bodies like are is coal going away like there it's it's just a slippery concept to try to make work uh for the reasons that he says like it makes (laughs) makes way more sense if he uh is like just wants to see the world burn kind of person or a person who is actively trying to fuck death yeah yeah, yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> all. And I think Thanos would have worked so much more as a villain because he just feels like this big, like they tried to make him sympathetic. There was no sympathy there. He has flawed logic and he just feels like kind of a really smart idiot the whole time where it's like he's he can see, like you could see his train of thought and you can follow his logic there, but it's just like that math doesn't work, you dumbass. <laughs> but if they had brought death in like and his whole thing was like hey what up? i'm gonna show death that i can really like kill people and she's gonna think i'm hot as hell like that would have been that that's the angle that would have been the good angle there but i see and, and don't don't get me wrong i, I would have loved to see that storyline too but i think for us as like nerds and geeks like that works out but i don't think for the general audience like this dude's in love with death that doesn't make any sense i don't i don't want to get along with that well, wait, we've got two things that make it actually kind of work. One, we actually have a personification of death in the form of Hela. This is true. Like, and that, like, that makes a lot of sense, like, being obsessed with her, and she is fucking evil. So, like, that <laughs> works, too. Uh, in fact, she even loves having dead things just, like, work for her all the time. Mm-hmm. Also cool. Uh, and, and lastly, if Thanos is represented as being uh, so enormously evil that it is uh, like boggles the mind that something that evil could exist. Someone who has murdered planets and like, sure you could keep the 50 50 thing if you want, but like, like murders like planets worth of people has like so much blood on his hands as like the ultimate evil. That's just out there. Like that is a way to like paint the picture of a threat uh, that needs everyone. (laughs) Um, Like what I like, Talking about Star Trek, when we were talking about Star Trek off mic, um, thinking about like when they introduced the Borg, where the implication for it was that like the Federation had gotten cocky and Q's like, you're really not ready for like what's out there. And he like, like snaps his finger and sends them to be near the Borg. And all of a sudden they realize like, oh, our tech is wasted. Like we've got nothing that could compete with this thing. And then like they get saved and then they just know that at some point in the far future, uh, the Borg are going to show up, and two seasons later, they do. Like that would like do something like that with Thanos, where Thanos is just this enormous evil that like is so bad and can't be reasoned with, uh, as opposed to sympathetic. I think that if they wanted to keep Thanos as sympathetic, then they should have done something like how you just described with the Borg, um, with Galactus. I mean, or, Gal- Galactus, like as an unknowable hunger, works great. Yeah. He's just like out there and just like, oh, hey, what up? And he's like, hey, uh, you got any planets? <laughs> it's like, 
no and he's like then leave (laughs) (laughs) i mean it, it, it seems like this this or Infinity War would have been a good time to hint at Galactus if that was something that they were going to go towards. But maybe that, I mean, I guess Infinity War you couldn't have. That would have been part of the Fox deal. So, yeah. uh, but I think in Endgame somewhere or in Far From Home, because we have Far From Home left to do and then we're all caught up. Well, that gets even uh, trickier because that's Sony. Like the whole Sony Marvel Disney thing is at that point was trickier. But, like, in either one of these movies, they should have done something to hint at the the big problem for the next, like, the next big bad. You don't have to confirm it outright, but just give us a little nod to something. I mean, I think because... that's that's what we get in Far From Home. I think there is a nod to what was supposed to be coming in our next phases. We just don't get to know because we are actually part of the snap, and we didn't know that, and we're existing in a world that's not moving forward anymore (laughs) i didn't vote for this (laughs) can can we vote to unsnap please unfortunately no um unfortunately we know that they're gonna be attack ads being like some people don't like the snap (laughs) (laughs) some people don't like the snap so i called those people wrong <laughs> uh was there something else in the chat or do we get back to your 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 list of two more uh, it's uh so is that for the 28 20, uh, 28 days 28 weeks um and then frostbite and pep kind of uh high-fiving on the fact that uh well frostbite said endgame pays a lot of fan service but infinity war was was a more memorable and exciting movie I and mean, then the two of them just kind of high five about their shared opinion on <laughs> Infinity War versus Endgame, and I don't I don't disagree, but this I I would put Endgame ahead of Infinity War, but only only barely. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think you can really say one was well, significantly the, better than the other. I mean, the biggest problem with that statement is that it's they're like the. the Frost says it's fan service, and guess what? I'm a fan, so I like that one. <laughs> service me, <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, that makes that makes sense. It, it, and you really do. You have to look at the, both the movies as one movie, anyways. Like if if you really want to, or you you look at all of this as just the ending to ten years of a movie. Boy, ten years, holy crap. <laughs> All right, what's your number two moment? So we had Thor getting excited that Cap can pick up Mjolnir. The second one is when all the like um, uh, sling rings go off and everybody's coming through. It's mm-hmm. not that moment. It's when Doctor Strange goes, is this everybody? <laughs> and Wong's just like, who else did you <laughs> want? Like, who else do you want? It's like, wait, yeah, go well, on. And that's the moment when Giant Man then burst through yeah um, yeah because it's like oh no no there is actually more um, one more. but did you guys <laughs> see the memes around when this movie came out where it was like all the marvel netflix people like standing there being like all right portal's gonna open any minute now portal's gonna open any minute now <laughs> and they just never show up it's gonna be yeah. us next <laughs> or that's in peace marvel netflix or shield homies. for that matter like yeah like they could have used a helicarrier yeah why didn't they get a helicarrier? i mean 
who who was at the Sanctum Sanctorums that like started putting the logistics together to start getting everybody through to portals and then you know putting through and then they no one thought to get shield to come through like a yes. helicarrier going up against Thanos' ship would have been helpful. And it was it was Wong. Let's be real. Wong <laughs> is the one who goes. Oh yeah, we should do something about that. And then <laughs> Strange is like, we totally should. <laughs> <laughs> well. I mean, I mean, I know people brought up like, how is it that Strange gets to there from Titan? But then, why didn't he leave Titan before, or why didn't he leave the spaceship, you know, before? Why, why go all the way to Titan in the first place in Infinity War? Like, I mean, obviously, it's all just to make the story go forward. And let's be real: if you're stuck on a spaceship, even if you have a sling ring, kind of want to see where it's going, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the well, pure curiosity reason for why they follow it to the end because they they do want to find out more about what's going on and who's doing it it's then that they don't just immediately fuck off to like just a different planet like thanos is requiring to like find like thanos has to find me and he had like if in order to like wipe out half of all life I will not be here yeah so he like puts it in a pocket dimension he should have just gone away <laughs> <laughs> uh i it's 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 a it's it's a good scene and you you want to know like how it is that everybody was right like what would we say uh in during the 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 live viewing it was uh hawkeye's wife was like right on it but it took wong a little while to get everybody to come like why did it take you guys so long to get here you're you're teleporting like it's it, there was no commute Right. And well, they had to also, tell a lot of what, because they did have to get all the Asgardians who were fucking working as fishermen. Probably some of them were on boats uh, to like go back and grab their armor and like be ready for everything. So. And then I mean, that, I know that's a good point. I know the biggest thing for me when I first watched the movie, and I, I have to just let it slide. But when I was first watching the movie in the theaters, and you have the giant man lifting, you know, the point where the Hulk and uh, 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 War Machine show up. And War Machine is now in a new armor. Like after he just did the canopy and like got out of his last armor. Like I was just like, where did the new armor come from? Like how did it get to him? Like I, where did the the change, um, the quick change come from? They were on the Avengers campus, weren't they? They yeah. are, but it's also rubble. I mean, well, they were digging their way out. Like we don't like you can't just assume that they were necessarily like bursting forth of exactly where they were the, like when we last saw them they could have been like digging their way up a few levels and it was like all right we're almost there like scott can you like go as big as you've ever gone uh, <laughs> fair that's even, fair even in the even in the rubble he has to have access to some sort of like like friday or edith right i would assume so that he has a he has a user interface ai yeah, so it could be a thing that he's just like, hey, I need a new suit. And because Stark Tech is Stark Tech, it shot from the center of the earth and got to him <laughs> in some weird drill capsule. That's a stretch. I know that. But. I mean, we, he definitely had like 15 sitting right there. He just needed to put one on. <laughs> like, let's be yeah, honest. He's here. like, that one. <laughs> yeah, like, that let's be honest. Here. This is shit like Tony could have pulled off in Iron Man 2. <laughs> why doesn't 
Oh, never mind. The 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 millions of tiny Iron Man suits are uh, are, are new tech as of Infinity War. So it might be a little too new to be like, "Hey, Rhodey." Well, that's what I think with Rhodey. He's I got you. Rhodey is much more like what you know. If it's not broke, don't fix it. So his War Machine outfit works perfect for him, like the way that he uses it. So. There are probably a whole bunch of other suits, like you said, at, on the campus because Rhodey wasn't snapped, right? Like he was, he was. No, Rhodey was part of their. Rhodey was part of their adventure. Yeah, he, exactly. He was main cast for this. Yeah, yeah. So he and he was, uh, he was in the the holograms when they were giving the field report to. <laughs> yes, he was in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, the fact that he pro- he has to was well, was he based out of uh, the the campus? Uh, at least in Infinity War, he was, and it would be weird if he didn't have some sort of setup there. I, I don't know. I mean, like it, once once they had the ability to produce those suits, and uh, you know, presumably at a certain point, the U.S. government started making them, or at least being able to like replicate and repair. Like once the Avengers are set up, and like Rhodey's set up as like part of the Avengers, which he was from like Civil War on, or really from the end of Age of Ultron on. Um, he must have had some sort of facility for having either replacements or repairs. And like that could just be a repaired suit uh, or it could be like any of the bil- billion rocket suits that Tony has. True. And he just is like, I- I'm always a generation behind. <laughs> <laughs> you, go, you go keep your Mark 72. I'll, I'll be over here wearing the Mark 4. Does, does uh, either one of you want a, a War Machine standalone something in the future? I could be good for that. There's, I think I was more for it back in the day than I am now. Like around like turn of the century and like immediately like post nine eleven, that you could have made something really cool uh, yeah. where it was like a real war movie. But like I feel a little bit more like that feels like imperialism. Yeah, like a little bit of a weird line. Like we we saw some of that in both. Actually, in all three of them, but like in both two, like Iron Man two and three, uh, where it feels like, hey, he's a he's a soldier for the U.S. and just just randomly pops in on like innocent civilians across the country, or pardon me, across the world, uh, just minding their own business, and he's gonna just point guns at them. And I'm like, that feels so much weirder now than it did when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that. Yeah, uh- Pep, uh, Pep says if they had done more of the like Tony becoming unfit kind of story, uh, I would have been in. But where we've gone, no, no War Machine movie. Well, what about it? Like a a, a a series on Disney Plus, like they're doing, where he has to like we didn't we never saw him come to terms with the fact that he's a paraplegic now. But like, what if he we have that journey? Not so much a back in time journey, but like. Maybe with Tony gone, his suits don't work anymore. So he has to come to grips with the fact that, you know, what does my life look like now? I don't know if I want to see that journey, though, because like they the the super tech, I I feel like this is Rhodey right here, which is that he's taking the less advanced route because it's like tried and true because extremists is out there. Yep. Like true. Regardless of, of Tony making super soldiers with it, like he could at least heal Rhodey. Um, you're right I mean the, yeah. we have seen the tech and and we even saw it in Doctor Strange they healed the that one um, played by uh, 
Uh, oh, right, with magic. Which, uh, yeah, sure. Like, Rody might all of a sudden, tur- like, turn about and be like, oh, no, I totally want to be healed by magic. Like, no, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'm not saying that that's what he'd want, but I'm just saying that's the there are ways for him to have been healed, and he has decided not to take those ways. Yeah. Um, I'd be down to I, a standalone at this point. Probably not going to retract my, my previous statement of, like, yeah, I'd be down. I'd more rather like to see him show up in like Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, one hundred percent on that. Well, like, I mean, there's the possibility he shows up in Captain Marvel, right? Because they have a relation. They yeah. had a relationship in the comic books where they were a couple. And I'd be cool with that. Um, I want if he's gonna show up places, I want to see him as more than just a supporting character. But I don't think he needs to be like a full on lead of anything. Okay. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah. What's your next thing on your list? <laughs> Last one was just the, um, the, the, like the heroines fight, like with all the, all the, the female heroes showing up and like just absolutely punching everybody in the face. It was great. <laughs> and Peter Parker being a part of that scene, just as a terrified little boy is fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, that seems to be getting some heat this week, though. Like, I've noticed on Twitter a lot of people have been bringing it up. And why? Uh, well, because like it, it, it does feel forced. Like I, my my take is that it's it feels extremely forced, but it's like cool. But it's also weird that like fucking Carol could have just flown over the whole thing. I I mean I like the thing you said during the live view where you were like, oh. it's a good scene. It's just not earned, and I understand right. that. Like I think. You don't have we don't have enough time with these characters for it to have been earned, but I think that's a fault in the writing up to that point. Like we could have had more time. Where like the the scene in Infinity War where you have the the three women fighting uh, on the field, and then yeah. and then Wanda right. comes in, and so they're like, well, "Why hasn't she been down here the whole time?" Like that didn't to me that didn't seem unearned. That seemed like a great scene. Yeah, that one feels earned in the movie that we were watching, and that's what I'm saying. Like if we would have gotten more opportunity with all these female characters throughout the whole MCU, it might have felt a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what I was saying during the, the rewatch. And yeah, earned is a better f- phrase than forced. Yeah. But like, because like, it's fun. Apparently, uh, this was not originally in the script and the Russo brothers weren't planning on doing something like that. And the female cast members were like, hey, could we, c- could we do a thing to actually like focus on some of the female characters for a minute and they're like how how about this weird group shot (laughs) see the only the only member of that scene that i felt was out of place was pepper Potts. see and i don't feel that she's out of place because she has the armor i feel mantis is out of place in that whole thing like i get that she has a super there huh I forgot Mantis was there. It, it, I, exactly. Like, you don't think of her as the fighter. You think of her no. as the, like, a defensive character. Like, she has a passive power Psychic where she powers. Can... Yeah. So, it, I just to me, Mantis being there was just like, that's the weird one for me. But, like, at least Pepper has a suit that is made for her. Yeah. She's just, we've, the only time we've ever seen her do anything aggressive or offensive is in Iron Man 3 when she's all, like, tweaked out from Extremis. Right. No, that makes sense. So, like, her being just regular-ass Pepper Potts in a suit out here flying around like it ain't no thing, it's like... 
it feels weird because Tony even says at the beginning, it's cool. Your mom never buys anything or never wears anything. I, I get her. So like, I'm sorry. When did you have the time to learn how to fly this thing? It's, there has to be a learning curve on it. I, I have two thoughts on that. First, in, in Iron Man 3, she like randomly just like rips the arm off of one of those like dro- drone suits and is able to use it with full control, which I always found like, well, I guess she is pepper. She just, everything Tony knows how to do, she knows how to do better. Uh, so there is that. But but two, what if instead of her showing up at an arbor, she like walked out in a business suit and cracked her knuckles and like gl- like started to glow red and like th- like those clothes burned off into like her exercise gear like <laughs> it was the <laughs> like athleisure wear <laughs> and then yeah. she just starts kicking ass as extremists. If it was extremists, that be I'd be on board for that because we've seen it. We have a point of reference for it. There's there's um, like emotion behind it. With <laughs> With just the suit, it's like, oh, of course Tony built her a suit. But I, like, I just realized that that also kind of makes her like Red Hulk. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Glowing red and gets ang- like as she gets angry, she gets hot. <laughs> I mean, it it makes sense. So yeah, those 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 were those were my three. It took a took more time to get through my three than I thought. I'm sorry. That's fine. That's I I I I talk. I said it during the live watch that I I enjoy that scene, and now that case brings it up i really like was there any more to the reason why it's recently coming up like i know that the whole thing with why i i I just sorry like i I forget why it it was like popping up i do know that like people were talking about it like i even saw like it wasn't just like fan culture um but like like even like eric larson was talking about it at one point um and made a good point that like the climax in this, and I've said this before about the first Avengers, like them coming together is w- like when all of them come through and like giant man pops up and like he says Avengers assemble, like that's the end of the movie. Everything after that is like just seeing how they do it. But right. like once they're all together, you know, you can't lose. Uh, so like at that point, it's all, yeah, it's all curtain calls. Every time they come together, every time when Iron Man and, and Pepper are back to back, like firing lasers um, when we're having hammers being exchanged between Cap and Thor, all every moment there is just a like, man, fuck, we're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's all icing for your eyes at that point. Like I get it, and 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 I also thought that at that point you get all those women together. That is the teaser for Air A Force, right? Like that is the a future movie that we could be getting. Yeah, I, I would love that. And, and again, like I said, I I enjoy the scene a lot too. Like, I don't think they earned it in the text, and like, yeah. But that wasn't my reaction when I first saw it. I was like, oh, cool, we're we're getting all these cool female characters in a cool action beat. Yeah. No, I I I, I agree with you. I th- yeah. <laughs> what a shock! You and I agree. About it. <laughs> I know it. It is weird. It rarely happens. I like the way you had to be like. I agree with you. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> of the three movies that i i say that this this movie consists of do you have one that you like the most if you agree with me on on the the premise of my question because i i i do like the time heist i think the time heist movie this this the center movie is the best i like i i like the time heist a lot it just does certain things for characters like Tony meeting his dad. Mm-hmm. It's a great, it's a great scene. Yep. Yeah. And it, it means something. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just like, ha ha, whoops. <laughs> it's important. 
because that plays all the way back around in Iron Man 1. True. When he's just like angry, jaded Tony Stark because his dad didn't say he loved him enough. Actually, I guess that's all the way into all the way until Civil War. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like that means something because now he's changed his timeline. So maybe that means that Tony might have a better relationship with his dad growing up. Oh wow. Like, that, <laughs> that makes me think of this like uh this one Batman story uh before the crisis where they still had a multiverse and like the Phantom Stranger sent Batman to go uh, stop Bruce Wayne's parents from getting murdered in this other reality. Um, and at the end of it all, after Batman does so, we find out that that this Bruce Wayne is training to become Batman because one time when his parents had a gun pulled on them, this mysterious figure from the night like interrupted and then disappeared. And like, if that could happen to him, he could make that happen to other people. Uh, <laughs> and it was like such a more optimistic Batman concept. Like, I love that version of Batman. Hello. <laughs> it's great. I, I always go back to it being like, man, that could have been like their like ultimates Batman. Like that would have been so much fun. Yeah. Well, he's just like nothing bad ever happened. And I'm going to make sure nothing bad happens to anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, but, but yeah, like I think the time heist is such a great, like, uh, you know, I, I joked during the, the, the rewatch that it's their clip show. Yep. Um, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it's such a good like vehicle for it. Uh, you know, we we get a chance to actually have like the story be motivated by them going through like all these points in history. We get to see them interact with figures that they wouldn't have otherwise. Like the ancient one comes back. We get like great depth on characters that we didn't get before. Like uh, like Rene Russo as Freya. Like or, or Frigga? Yeah, it's Frigga. Sorry, it's Frigga. I um, thought it was Freya too when it, when we were doing the live watch. I even put in Freya, but it's act- it is Frigga. Yeah. Uh, like it, it's just a great celebration of everything that they had done and set up, you know, like the, the Marvel universe as we, we've established, it goes decades, you know, and like we were jumping back to the seventies and that's still 30 years after Capwin and the ice, you know, there's so mm-hmm. much adventure that ha- we've, we've been privy to. True. I want to talk for just a second about the scene with Thor and his mom. Okay. That's such okay. a good scene. It's such a it's such a needed scene because every time we've seen Thor, he's always beating himself up over something. Well, in this movie. Yeah. Or do you, do you like, are you saying that for every time we see Thor? Well, Dark World on. Okay. Every time we see Thor, he's upset about something because he could have done something to change something and he's not worthy to be Thor and he's not this and the, like on and on and on and on and on. So to get this scene where his mom just goes, shut up. <laughs> you're, you're Thor. Deal with it. And to have that whole pep talk from his mom happen just for him to reach out and be able to still pull Mjolnir. It's, it's a well-written scene. It's an emotional scene. Um, and the concept of him getting to see his mom one more time because they both know what's going to happen that day. Like, I don't know. It's it's just a it's it's a, a heavy scene in a good way, and I feel like it breaks up the levity that's going on around it very True. nicely. True. Mm-hmm. Um, like it puts just a little bit of seriousness back into the time heist. But I also find it funny, like of all of our characters that have been around since Phase One, like Thor is the one that has to keep learning lessons. Like mm-hmm. everybody else is kind of. 
become the person that they're going to be for the rest of the series since the first their first movie but thor has to keep like even to this point he's now a broken thor he has to learn that he is still worthy kind of thing but part of that's his power of action like he is so great that it it would be so easy for his hubris to take hold like that's he had never been challenged as of the the first movie and like that's why he like goes over like he like it's not just that Loki pushes him into a situation where he commits a war crime. He commits a war crime. Uh, and like, that's because he didn't think he could do wrong. And it's not just a lesson of like, Oh, once you get corrected, you're good because he is so powerful and so great. Like he's constantly assured that he is worthy, but that doesn't mean he has to like, he doesn't have to be um, proving himself or at least being tested. You know, like Thor fucks up real bad. A planet dies in a way that like Captain America can't do. Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. I mean, he could he could easily find himself to be the next Thanos, right? If he doesn't right. keep himself in check. Because I mean, right there in the in Thor one, I would put him on like Ronan the Accuser level of like ability. If he wanted to, he could just be like, "All of this is mine now." <laughs> just because, because it, the just because it is looked at me wrong one time, <laughs> uh, and then. When we get to the point where, you know, the Hulk has to do the snap because, I mean, do you think that if Thor were to have done the snap to bring everybody back, would he have been as hurt as the Hulk look like, looks like he gets hurt? I, I would say no, because despite all the gamma radiation and everything, the Hulk is still human. Okay. Like the Hulk aside from everything is still Terran and as guardians are obviously built tougher. Okay. Like we've seen it on more than one occasion. <laughs> so if, if he had done it, he's by his own decree, the mightiest Avenger. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The, the rules about the gauntlet are so weird. Like they, 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 kind of to have this idea of as soon as you put it on, it's going to like start charging you with like terrible energy. But like Thanos was able to do it up until all of a sudden he snapped his fingers and it burned up his body. Like, you know, it, they, they don't play with it in any sort of consistency in terms of like what it does to a person and how much damage does it do. And uh, I don't know, does your healing factor matter? Cause like the Russo brothers have said that Hulk's arm is that way and is going to stay that way. Like, that's that's kind of nuts. Like, <laughs> do we have to take into account that also in the Infinity War, the gauntlet that Thanos uses is the one that's built by uh, what's the what's the dwarf's name? It's like Emir. Yeah. So that one. So obviously Thanos doesn't get messed up from that. He gets messed up when he destroys the the stones by using the stones. That's when he messes up his arm, right? I think he was burned up after he did the first snap. Like I, I think the 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 statement was the amount of power when he did it. I thought yeah, it did any from, snap. I thought it was the second one. I thought it was the I that's was the second one is what messed him up. Chest real hard with an axe at that point. He was looking beat up regardless. Uh, <laughs> this so is it true. Might be hard to say for sure. <laughs> uh, but then Hulk, when he snaps, he's using the gauntlet made by Iron Man. So that's not going to be. It it's a it's not a gauntlet with plus ten for <laughs> cosmic stone defense, right? Like, right. <laughs> it wasn't made to hold that kind of power. It's just made to hold the stones. 
And that plays into Rocket says it earlier in the movie. Hey, watch out, bud. You're only a genius on Earth. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So then it when Thanos puts it back onto his gauntlet, and this is past Thanos, it's Tony's tech and the nanobots that grab it off of that gauntlet when he puts his hand on there and puts it onto his own hand. Like that snapping there is even less of a gauntlet because it's his regular armor. Like, do you think I, if he was wearing the, the gauntlet, would he have been able to snap the real gauntlet? Would, would any, <laughs> I don't think anyone's hands would have fit into that gauntlet besides Thanos and Hulk. Probably. Um, that's fair. I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, if, <laughs> not sure. I entirely followed the question. Uh, in terms of, we're, we're talking about the power of the gauntlet of, of like the Robo Gauntlet that Iron Man makes for Thor. At the, sorry, where where are we gone? We are. Yeah, no, that's what. I, that's all I'm saying is that does it make a difference which gauntlet you're wearing? And when Iron Man does the snap himself, if he was wearing the gauntlet that was actually made for uh, Thanos. Even if, say, it magically fits to his hand, because those gems magically fit into the gauntlet no matter how big they are. Like, they, they change in size. Say it changes, the gauntlet itself changes the size to Iron Man. Would it have still killed Iron Man? Or would he have even been able to do the snap? Uh, I'm pretty sure that the, the gauntlet would have done the same thing, because it, it probably was just. Like I said, I'm 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 pretty certain that like Thanos was messed up after the initial snap, and if nothing else, they're trying to indicate like that much power coursing through you messes you up either on the first snap or on the second. So like maybe the the real gauntlet was slightly better than okay. the Iron Man one, but like the Iron Man one was certainly purpose built because they like designed it with like studying the stones. It wasn't just like they got them and then immediately put them on like and like a random Iron Man arm true um and then he had the bleeding tech armor that could reconfigure itself so it wasn't just that it brought the stones onto his like he had the schematics for like how the gauntlet was supposed to be designed yeah to like modify his own glove for and they showed it in infinity war when he got all the stones with thanos got all the stones he had to like muscle through the energy that was coursing through him at the like reception of all of the stones he puts that last one in and he has the like going Super Saiyan moment <laughs> um, where he's he just has to muscle through it. And I think that is kind of I, I think it's if you can get through the initial course, like the initial course of power, you're OK. But then Tony took it and was like, wow, this hurts. OK, we just got to do the thing. And then he does it. And then all that power goes again. But wait, I have to say I have to say a quippy line first. Then I can. (laughs) Then I can do it. (laughs) If he hadn't taken so long to say his quippy line, he might not have died. I'm going to put that out there. If if he could have gotten over over himself for like thirty seconds. (laughs) I mean, we know that's not that's not going to happen. So yeah, it is Tony. (laughs) It is Tony. Um, Okay, I mean. What else is it that you'd love to talk about for this movie? I mean, there's so much to talk about, but we've already gone for an hour. So, 
Oh my God. Yeah. Like this movie is so big and such a celebration of Marvel. I mean, from everything from us getting cap in his winter soldier suit, when they go the first time or like to find dead or to find the first Thanos, uh, (laughs) like he's wearing that suit, which like everyone loved because it was such a cool design um, to getting certain people admitting that they've never been to space before to the weird zoom call uh, with everyone (laughs) just to check in and maybe tease Namor. Uh, Maybe. Just maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the time heist is so cool. The fact that, like, of course they go back to the first Avengers. Like, that's the moment where it changed. Like, the phase one, those movies were successful, but, like, they hadn't hit the, like, Avengers changed how people saw superhero movies. I mean, they would be, they've been, comic book movies has been chasing that movie, I would feel like, since, was it, one of the Batman movies where they say, oh, oh, oh it must be, it must be, uh, Batman Forever, where we first get Robin, when he's like, "Oh, that the your your circus is already on halfway to Metropolis by now," like the idea that these the all your characters exist in the same world and then they will eventually team up team up has been something that I feel as a comic book movie fan like is it's been right there needing to happen for a long time and we finally get it in 2012, or maybe that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I had something I was going to add to that, and then I forgot. Like okay. As soon as I opened up my mouth to say something, it just disappeared. So I did yeah. ask... Oh, go ahead, Case. I was sorry, I was going to say, I mean, like, look at the moments that we go to. We go to New York for the Avengers, like, the most popular movie in the world when it came out, like, something that has changed the way studios look at movie making. So that was one. We get the we get Guardians of the Galaxy 1, like, the surprise hit, the one that showed that Marvel can do no wrong. And then they redeemed probably the, like... Uh, critically panned or like most panned movie in their their franchise with Thor: The Dark World. Like mm-hmm. it, it's that that and Iron Man two are usually at the people's bottom lists. Yep. Uh, and like they they fixed it. They 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 made a scene like that or like they made a scene with a character who we lost in that movie matter so much, and we made moments in that movie have so much more weight than they honestly had even in that own movie. Uh, oh wow. And then we get stuff with Peggy Carter, who's always been a fan favorite. We get, I mean, like, uh, was it John Slattery? Yes, John Slattery. Uh, like, who, man, like, such a, like, background character to just keep on popping up. He's not even the only actor to play the part that we care about, let alone, like, the fact that we had, like, a different Howard Stark in the first Iron Man movie. Yeah. But, like, we've had two Howard Starks that we equally identify as Howard Stark. Yep. Uh, this whole time, running concurrently in movies. <laughs> <laughs> also, I didn't... I, to this very moment, I didn't, I didn't realize that there's to me is is somewhat of a conflict. The idea that there is three Infinity Stones in uh, New York in 2012. How do they know that the Time Stone is in New York? The uh, the ancient one should have been in Tibet. Well, they got it wrong though because they thought that they didn't know that Doctor Strange didn't live there in 2012. Yeah, but I mean, why would they make such a big assumption? <laughs> Somebody has to be protecting the sanctum. I mean, it's five years after they met Doctor Strange, so it is possible that they just like had a lot of info kind of mis- like mixed up in their heads. That's, I mean, that's that's not fair, but I guess that's true. <laughs> I mean, they got lucky. They got lucky, yeah. <laughs> and he did like Strange portaled Thor into the New York sanctum in no Rag no. No, he. Yeah. Wait, 
No, Thor was at, at that sanctum, and Hulk's yeah, been he, at that sanctum. Yeah. The, the, it is also very possible that they just didn't realize that there were other sanctums. Yeah. Like, no, oh, none of them okay, I get what there. you're saying. I get, I get what you're saying. They have no idea that there's other sanctums, and yeah. they just assume that Strange has been there always, even though he didn't show up in the 2012 invasion to help anybody. Or yeah. research that, like, that prominent surgeon was still actively being a surgeon at that point, <laughs> and it was only after the car accident, which I guarantee you could find information about if oh, you're the yeah. Avengers. Oh, yeah. Oh. You don't even have to do that. You just have to go, hey, hey Google. <laughs> do you, I, I mean, come on. Both Tony... I mean, I know that in the MCU, Tony is a, a West Coast person. He's, he's in Malibu and stuff, but, like, you're going to tell me that this rock star surgeon and this billionaire playboy philanthropist haven't like crossed paths before at some gathering some party or something right yeah i imagine they both walk in like young versions of both of them walk into a party it's like highlander there's a quickening like there's like uh a flash of hatred as they're like you're just like me i hate you and then they both like try to score with different <laughs> it's 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 the facial hair that like it, it's like a magnet it makes it so that they go away from each other <laughs> oh man there's a quickening oh bye craig um <laughs> well now we case is all craig messed up or? no i have my backup and you guys yeah. you guys have your backup so that's fine uh so speaking of facial hair can we pivot to the joke that we made while watching the the screening that i now can't shake my feeling about uh, which is the Rocket Nebula uh, love story? <laughs> oh my god! I I was here for that one. That one was funny. Sure. It was, so, uh, so it was just like funny because like I had it on uh, initially on like the TV in our living room, and my wife just did not remember the movie that well because she saw it, enjoyed it, and then moved on with her life. Uh, <laughs> uh, she was like, oh. I, <laughs> Is the raccoon and the blue one, are they a a couple? Because they held hands for a moment there. When the ship, like when Captain Marvel brings, uh, like, the ship first, like, there, uh, Rocket sits up, or sits down next to Nebula, and they, like, hold hands. And it's a moment of sadness. Um, But then, actually, they're together during, like, during the Zoom call. Yep. uh, And, like, there's moments of, like, indicating that they're going to miss each other when they, like, part ways because they all say goodbyes right there yeah uh, and it actually kind of works the more they about <laughs> it. I mean, she's an alien like her having sex with tony is no stranger or no less strange than her having sex with rocket this is true you're absolutely I mean, true fair. but you're it, not wrong i mean obviously it's it's the two of them connecting over the, the fact that they've lost everybody that was on that on the milano right or yeah. whatever ship it is they have now. But then they also had that connection in part two, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Like where you know, they kept talking about pushing people away and stuff like that. So it it makes sense. Sure. They probably connected over that, bonded over the over the lot the morning and then could have and hooked up. <laughs> they they connected over the morning and then connected until the morning oh right and it's not like she can't just like plug and play the respective parts that she needs for this like <laughs> she's more robot than anything else like she can, i mean like, so is he like right he was he, yeah. he's been pulled apart and put back together oh, they might be able to connect on like weird like <laughs> like circuitry levels that like are just unheard of between people <laughs> <laughs> okay so there yeah, you go yeah. so, 
but but also i mean like th- actually as a couple goes like that's it's actually a pretty cute couple when you think about it it like, is uh, like outside of the bestiality thing yeah outside like, of the bestiality thing <laughs> and i admit that's a pretty big caveat <laughs> pretty big caveat. Uh, but once you move past that part uh in terms of just their personalities it's just like oh yeah I get it. They both they're both very broken people. Yeah. Uh in actual literal and figurative ways. And <laughs> it's nice that they uh piece themselves back together together. Um Aww. so when we were doing the 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 rewatch, uh I had asked if the if anybody had noticed any um Easter eggs when you come up to that morning wall, the the that Scott Lang is trying to look for Cassie's name on. And I oh, never saw some? I never saw any, but I I found this um cinema cinema blend website where they said that you can see R- roberto da costa's name on there which is sunspot from the x-men okay so that's that's one at least that's cool yeah it's really fast though like it is um compare it with like x2 where it's like here's the list of mutants that we pull up and it's just long enough that you could freeze frame it and catch it like catch a whole bunch of names like oh there's Ramila Bo. yeah cool uh hank mccoy cool uh th- this was like so fast like i like I was looking for it, just never was able to spot it. Me neither. So, uh, so with with the the energy that came out from the snap, because we've talked about this a couple of times, and there's a couple questions we have to hit before we wrap. Okay. But who's the first mutant you want to see show up? Or the first <laughs> miracle you want to see show up from the snap? Because <laughs> honestly, mine is either Nightcrawler or Gambit. Oh, all right. Nightcrawler is interesting though, because like if it comes from the snap, I, like I guess if it comes from just the the regular snap, and it's just a kid just all of a sudden spontaneously grows blue fur and shit, like that that sucks for that kid. That's <laughs> that. Other version, if when he is brought back by the snap, he comes back wrong, like the Hulk still fucked up the snap a little bit, and some people came back like a little like off, which. Sure, fuck it, could happen. Um, and like, just some random kid in Germany like comes back all of a sudden with blue fur, missing two fingers on each hand, and like all, able to teleport and has a tail. That's a weird scenario. That like, it just especially because he just like appear. Oh my god, the, the the snap is like the Bamf. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he just dusts every time he teleports now. Yeah. <laughs> that'd, oh. be, that'd be a cool effect. Oh, actually, that'd be a like, really cool way to exp- explain Nightcrawler. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I would love to say that I thought about that in advance, but I didn't. I just got <laughs> selfish and wanted to see Nightcrawler. But yeah, what Case said, kick ass. <laughs> uh, I of course would want to see my favorite would be Hank McCoy Beast, but I also don't want to see any of the ones that we've already seen in the X Men movies. So I don't know. I don't know who would be the first mutant that I would really want to see. Actually, give us because. I've been begging for it and she's just never shown up at least that I know of. Cause I kind of stopped watching the X-Men movies. Um, just give us Jubilee already. Damn it. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> They've never satisfyingly given it. To I was going to say, you see her in apocalypse apocalypse. She has a fairly big for a like background character role, right? Like she's out shopping with them when they all go shopping. And then she's just like sidelined for the rest of the movie for no reason. Well, I think they Um, cut out most of her scene too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's like, you know, in like the first X-Men movie when they're like, uh, when rogue is introduced to like all the students and they have like a different actor playing sunspot or not sunspot, uh, sunfire. 
Pyro. Pyro, yeah. And and Kitty. uh, I went through all the different mutants with (laughs) nurturing powers there. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, there was a different Kitty. You know, that's how we introduced Bobby. I think there is supposed to be an Asian girl in there who's supposed to be Jubilee. I could be wrong. but No, you're right. Yeah. Like, it was just like, oh, here's just an extra who happened, who could be that character if you needed it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, never, never a good Jubilee. Um, I, I want Jubilee in a big way. Um, the pep said chamber. Ooh, that, Ooh, yeah. yeah, that'd be pretty good. Post snap. Yeah. That works really well. Like where yeah. all of a sudden his just chest is exploded. <laughs> <laughs> right? And frostbite. I don't know if squirrel girl is a mutant. I think squirrel girl is just her own power, but I would love to see squirrel girl in the MCU. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know I if she's a mutant Avengers or not. So bad. <laughs> not a mutant but i would love to see wonder man like i know that um james gunn teases him in those posters in volume two guardians of the galaxy volume two if you look close enough but like i i just want to see i would love to see what wonder man and i think uh going forward a west coast avengers is the per- perfect place to introduce him yeah i i mean i have a pitch for a wonder man movie uh, if anyone ever wants it, uh, although it it's more refined than this, and it, this if it, if they just did this as a movie it would be pretty bad. But uh, Entourage as a superhero thing, yes, <laughs> give it to me, I want it. Uh, but obviously more nuanced than that because <laughs> man, like like what the world needs is more Entourage. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a pitch that I just came up with just now, like just right now for a Great Lakes Avengers movie. Um, Marvel, you can buy this from me if you want it. Um, <clears throat> they all figure out that hey, we have powers, but they don't know how to get in touch with the Avengers, so they decide to do it themselves. Insert B list bad guy, you can even insert significant bad guy and just have the event like somebody from the Avengers, one Avenger, show up and like shut it down. But the majority of the movie is them being like, we don't know how to get in touch with the people who can fix it. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Was there anything else you wanted to get to before we wrap it up? Who's Tom Tom Cruise in all this? No, we don't need to do a comment. This is the end. We haven't introduced any new characters. (laughs) What we should have is a list of every Tom Cruise in all the movies. Be like, and Tom Cruise as like X and Tom Cruise as... (laughs) Well, like, that's a good question. Of all the movies that you guys have talked about, like, what is your roster looking like of just Tom Cruises? <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a pretty that's a, that's a lot of Tom Cruises at this. Point. A lot of Tom Cruises. <laughs> Andy, you're up. If you're listening, um, actually, let us know. Yeah, go ahead. Finish. Just say, let us know. Um, hit us with the the list of all the act all the characters that we've made Tom Cruise not your castings damn it ours. <laughs> and just Tom Cruise just, just Tom well it'll be just Tom Cruise and Andy uh, but speaking and of speaking we need to of sit down uh, and, and rank our our, our casting that's right <laughs> but speaking of casting we had a pretty good 70s uh Avengers or you know casting going on uh, during our live watch, did anybody have a, a one that you really enjoyed out of that? Oh uh, God, I I can't remember honestly. Some of the ones we had fun ones. Um, I'm just forgetting what some of them were. I think Burt Reynolds we, we were is struggling is to Tony like, Stark. The best, yeah. yeah Burt <laughs> Reynolds, Tony Stark was good. Stark. I remember, I remember tossing that one around. That's a good one. Who, who did we say uh, Farrah Fawcett was? Did we say Black Widow for her? Uh, 
said Nebula, and I said good luck getting rid of her hair. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. There we go. Um, we had said Clint Eastwood, I think, I, for Hawkeye. I said I think that was one, but then I said Clint Eastwood should have been Thanos. Like I think he yeah. would have made. He he's the good example of what Brolin was going for. Thank you. <laughs> go make my day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I I I still like Newman uh, as uh. Um, Paul Newman as as Clint as Hawkeye. So yeah, we had put one of. Oh, it started because we said Robert Redford as Captain America. That's right. That's, yeah, that's where it started. That's where yeah. it started. Yeah, I just said Vincent Price for Thanos. Ooh! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, Vincent Price would have been Thanos's uh, guy, the one that you know moves uh, stuff. Harbinger? Who? Uh, like one of the Harbingers. Yeah, yeah, one of his Black yeah, Order. The Maw. The Maw, that's right. Maw. Yeah, he would have been the Maw. Maw! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's where we need to wrap it up, guys. We've got it. Um, yeah, I mean, like, what else can be said about this movie? It was such a testament of filmmaking, you know, so like so many years' effort. And honestly, they, they kind of nailed it, and I wasn't really that worried that they were going to nail it once we got close enough to it. Like, you know, once you hear, hear that they're doing the five-year thing and that they're going to not just do big fight, we get the big fight, but we spend so much time just like taking a moment to be like, "Man, so much shit was cool." You're like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So much shit was cool." <laughs> <laughs> and even the stuff that I didn't think was cool actually ended up being cool. <laughs> yeah, they made they made old movies better. <laughs> Any- it's wild that they were able to do that. Any anything else that you would love to see? Because I know we still have one more movie that's left in the the phase four, phase three. Because Spider Man Far From Home is technically your your epilogue. It's it's supposed to signal us to what's going to happen going forward. But anything else that you wanted to see, you want to see going forward? I want I want Netflix Daredevil. <laughs> I mean, that's the rumor, right? Charlie Cox is still attached, and they're they're gonna bring him in, and Vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin. Oh, I would be absolutely here for it. Are we kidding? And then we put him. Uh, I don't think Daredevil gets a standalone. I think we put him as a key part of a Spider-Man movie or of a Fantastic Four movie, and um, that's how we work him in. Because I don't think we need another standalone Daredevil thing. No, but I want him to exist in the MCU. So badly, I want Peter to have a friend. <laughs> We're working. I think that as a street level hero, right? <laughs> our, uh, your 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 classifications of street level versus not street level. Oh, that was a good conversation. Right? That uh, that was actually probably the one time where we just bitch. Like, <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> and then I just kept ribbing you about like what street level the, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> for the record what I, what I meant was in terms of like their power of action directly like sure batman might be able to like i mean with his with his company that he never uses uh appropriately <laughs> like yeah he might be able to change the world but more importantly like he, he can't fight zod you're right um, <laughs> i i do exactly i, I might have been a little contrarian just to to just stir the, the pot <laughs> uh what about you case anything anything else going forward that you would love to see 
Oh, man. I mean, they've, they've done a lot of things that I didn't think were possible really well. And I just would love for a good Fantastic Four movie, goddammit. <laughs> it's been so many failed attempts. And, like, for a concept that's as pure and good as Fantastic Four, like, just do it right. Just do it right. I mean, I, I really expected this movie... And like I expected so much that like all the episodes of of another past leading up to this movie were about Fantastic Four because I really expected the end credits to be like Stanley as the Watcher standing next to like a, an astronaut who don't really see his face, uh, like discussing like what's going on down on Earth and like have the Watcher be like I don't know I'm a true believer and then like that be the end of the movie like because that would have been great and you could have had like a just the CG face of Stanley on. As a watch you. <laughs> yeah, that would have been that uh, would have been perfect. Yeah, because like they they could do it. They, 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 please. <laughs> I mean, you could have silhouettes like four silhouettes and one person go stretchy. Like you wouldn't need to have an actor in there. It would all just been CGI, you know, uh, graphics, and that would have been the perfect thing. But we didn't get it. So yeah, I mean, I would have taken just the blue area on the moon. True. Yeah. Like just. Introduce that kind of shit. Like, come on, we need we need more of the like the really weird comic book stuff. Like, we've we've got the superpowers, we've got other dimensions, uh, but just shit like, oh yeah, there just is like a couple mile radius area on the moon that just has an atmosphere for whatever because of aliens. Well, from a different race. You know, we this whole this whole journey into mystery podcast. We have I don't think we've mentioned them once, and we're talking about the moon right now. That's where the Inhumans are supposed to be. Like, we could have something something with them could have been going on. So. I mean, we could we could try and redo something with them because that TV series was just terrible. <laughs> Last thing I'll say, and then we can wrap up. If they really, because the MCU has been fantastic, it's been real good up to this point, but if they really want to kick it up to the next level, they got to bring in Two-Gun Kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Time travel? We get more time travel. You get two two gun kid. We, they they got to bring in the two gun kid, and there we go. There you go. End of story. Case, where is it that everybody can find you so that they can enjoy <laughs> all your ramblings? Uh, if you if you enjoyed my ramblings, I uh, terribly uh, represented myself tonight. Um, you can find that over at certainpov.com. I've got a bunch of shows over there. Uh, it's a network that's like, the it's the East Coast version of Geek Elite. It, we're, we're a lot of fun over there. Um, but instead of one feed, we're a bunch of feeds. Uh, <laughs> but with one website and a team. Um, but, but my two shows are Another Pass and uh, Men of Steel. Uh, there is a third show, which is currently on hiatus, which is uh, Scruffy Nerf Herders, which is a D&D Star Wars game. But Another Pass is a movie analysis podcast, and Men of Steel is a Superman and superheroes in general, but like Superman archetype uh, appreciation show. Uh, those those are a lot of fun uh, because Wonder Woman is coming out and keeps getting pushed back. We keep adding more episodes about Wonder Woman to Men of Steel, so come check those out. Next up is uh, the Linda Carter series, and then we're going to go uh, into some more weird stuff. So those are fun. Those are fun. Have, have you read Dead Earth yet? Wonder Woman Dead Earth. Wonder Woman Dead Earth. Uh, it was a black label uh, came out this throughout this year. No, I haven't. Well, there you go. Wonder Woman content for you right there. <laughs> you can you can have Ian on to talk about that because we did we did it on a, a Geeks Watch overtime and uh, yeah, it was a thing. It was a thing. 
<laughs> uh, I might. We, I mean, the the challenge now is like we had only so much or so much time between True. now and the movie coming out. If it gets pushed back again, it'll be like, oh, okay. How are, it's like we started real broad. We we're going to be like Wonder Woman Primer and the movie that leads directly into this one, and then <laughs> <laughs> then I got pushed back, and we're like, okay, well, I guess we can talk about Wonder Woman cosplay, and we can talk about the nineteen seventy four Wonder Woman movie where she's a spy, and then we <laughs> can talk about like the Linda Carter series and the failed Adrian Palicki pilot, and like a bunch of like comic stories. But there are so many because she's been around since nineteen fucking forty. Yep, <laughs> insane. Yeah, Ian, absolutely. Where can people find you online? Hey, hi, hello. My name is Ian. If you're in here in chat right now, you know where to find me. If you're not, if you're listening to this some other time, awesome, thank you. But you can be a part of these recordings if you want to come by on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Arizona time. Google it for your time zone because I don't know. <laughs> and uh, we record these podcasts live right here at twitch.tv slash Ianflux. There's a bunch of other stuff going on along the channel going on around the channel. That's what I meant to say uh, throughout the week. Most notably on Saturdays at 7 PM Arizona time, we are playing Dungeons and Dragons. We have brought back wizards and webcams and it is a good time. Also hit me up on Twitter at Ianflux 12. That is I A N F L U X. The numbers one, two Mitch, where can they find you? You can also find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia G E M G E M stands for geekly media. If you want to talk to someone else on Geek Elite Media, you can find everybody at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geekelitemedia.com. Check out our Patreon page. We have a Patreon page. It has bonus material. There could be bonus material from this very episode that you didn't hear on our Patreon page. <laughs> uh, then, whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us so that it helps uh, spread the word of our network. But until next time, in case you got to join in, <laughs> this is Dirty into Mystery on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek the out. Fuck out. Oh. Oh, damn. He showed you, Mitch. He showed you. <laughs> This concludes our broadcast. Beep.